What it do, golf fans? Welcome back to the Turn Dogs Golf Podcast. This is Liam. Alongside me is Jack. Jack, we had a great week in golf. It was uh, an elevated event, and Scotty Scheffler, hey Alexa, played back to back by Drake. I mean, he did it like he was on it. So, if you listened and followed along with our social medias, there is a video of me saying Scotty Scheffler won last year. He will win this year. Under that is a comment by our own Liam saying he will win this year. If you followed along, you would have won too. But, you know, some people don't. Go tag along. Turn Dog Golf Podcast. Turn Dog Golf. Go follow along. Yeah, it was it was wild. He caught all of the breaks. Uh, if you looked at it all on Sunday, he had a case of the, the lefts kind of off the tee uh, for a little while there. But I think every rock and break and situation across especially 13 14 15 i could see he was catching all the breaks to get back into the short stuff yeah and i mean john rom's bounce out of the bunker on 18 that was a video game bounce i've never seen anything like that yeah that was what you, you you texted me instantly you were like what in the hell was that i couldn't believe uh, it so one thing uh to notice scotty's gained over 40 strokes four zero 40 strokes um in his past three years here at the waste management so um this event is is basically scotty's home turf at this point it might as well be the way he's played the last couple of years uh well let's shout out the guy who finished in second place too y'all said nick taylor um uh, again i mentioned him like three two two and three weeks ago yeah so any guy that i'm high on you just have to wait two or three weeks and bet him he might have the best swing in golf right now i don't yeah. know I, it's beautiful and, and, and he was super consistent. I mean, he shot 66. He didn't back down. He played the back nine as best as he could. I mean, he didn't have he doesn't have the longest driver in the in the bag. He was the shortest of the three of them. Now, again, one of those three is John Rahm. He's like third longest driver on tour. And the other one's Scotty. He's got a good driver. But Nick Taylor's pretty average with the drive. He would always go good drive, chip onto the green, two putt, walk out with a par. I think it's old did... man golf, but PGA tour version of that. Yeah. I mean, he I think he did that on what seven or eight holes of the back nine. And and that was kind of how he was able to to play decently well and have a chance. Yeah. Outside of those lip outs. I mean, she had it in her mouth and the kids walked in on a number of occasions on those, <laughs> especially final round. Those are some deep lips. And there's videos of Scotty Scheffler literally hand over mouth shocked because they were deep in there. Was that, was that 17 where Scotty, you could see Scotty's facial reaction on that. I think that's yeah. Cause it was. it was a, there was a birdie putt to get him. I think tied before Scotty putt for his. Yeah. And then I just, yeah. Uh, just so you know, he, Nick Taylor did used to be a number one amateur. Um, that was way back when, so it's a, it's a little different now, but I mean, shout, shout out to Nick. Cause, cause in, in an otherwise ridiculous first page of the leaderboard, um, he did a really good job of kind of staying up there and holding his own. Yeah. And just a few names, like you said, you know, Scotty's up there, Rom, JT, Jason Day, Sam Burns, Sungjae M, Jordan Spieth, Terrell Hatton, Xander Shoffley, Ricky Fowler, Tony Finau. I mean, this is just the top 20 guys. So these elevate events, if they're going to continue to produce leaderboards like this, this might be the greatest idea in the PGA Tour history. Um, obviously, there were guys that did miss the cut that were big. Um, you know, the big ones, Tommy Fleetwood, Patrick Cantlay, which was just absolutely absurd and hurt us. Colin Morikawa, Taylor Montgomery. I believe one of the quotes that we both had said, he has not failed us yet. Well, that streak has ended, um, but, you know, it had to come to a time sometimes, you know, Seamus or Shane Lowry was out there, Francisco Molinari, 
Maverick McNeely had another withdrawal, so something to watch out for. But these elevated events are great. Yeah, they're they're great. We got another one this week. I mean, can we talk about it though? Looking over this field, remember when we used to sit there right when Live was starting? We were like, man, how are they going to field all these like good events? Like, what are they going to do? You know, they're going to have to fight off Live because Live's going to bring in all these new guys. I mean, that was a great event. Now, part of the problem was like there was like streakers and there was other things within waste management that that's a little aggressive trust me i love theatrics as much as the next person but it's there's a gap and i think we're we're crossing that gap slowly where it's just getting turned into a little bit of a show yeah Uh, it should be more of a party than a golf tournament it should be that perfect that is the only hole in golf where it should be a 50 50 split of when there's people chanting big d rick on (laughs) 16 and he's pumping them up compared to a guy rubbing basically his bare butt on the pin, copying people that did streaking for John Daly in the open, yeah. messing around with the green that impacts tournament. I just don't like that. And obviously I'm, you know, I'm old school. So I, you know, I'm, I'm a little strong and a polar on my opinions, but I just didn't like that. I didn't like it. it it's a fine line. Um, I think that is over the line. I think that there are ways to be just within that line in the future. Get hammered in your seat. You saw the guy motorboating in the, the club lounge that was all over Twitter. It was awesome. <laughs> yes. Yes. There was a, a a thing on 16 where a guy was motorboating after he took a shot. Um, it was it was funny. That's for sure. And I got that's the kind of stuff that I could Classy. definitely root. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Ricky Fowler made a nice hole in one. I wish it would have been on 16 because then we would have gotten rid of all Sam Ryan replays i think i saw that about 50 times this weekend i'm hoping espn will remove that from their role shout out sam Ryder. i mean if you're gonna do it awesome but even he has to be tired of every time he turns on espn to watch a basketball game or you know wednesday hockey or whatnot it's just it has to be like come on guys it's it's on espn plus too at every like start or end of a of a broadcast too they show the hole in one for like a brief second you're like dude it's we get it like it's fun but i I wish ricky would have done it because then everybody would have loved it because it's still ricky um how'd your DraftKings lineup do this week actually my DraftKings lineup did okay considering everything that happened i mean when you have scotty scheffler in there it helps out a lot so um one in basically last place well, winning last place for my single entry and then one in double ups and then Fandle. We did not capitalize on that one because we had, you know, Cantlay and Tom Kim and I think Colin Morikawa. So I think that was a uh, a strong no on that front. Gotcha. Yeah, no. Uh, for my DraftKings, uh, I, had a, I had a couple nice ones. I had Xander, who was T10, um, you know, and then I just had some, some misses. Patrick Cantlay missed the cut. JT Poston missed the cut. Tom Kim, I think, shot 78 or something like that on Sunday. He played, it felt like he shot about 95. Uh, because he was in the he was in the money and then uh he just kind of fell apart on Sunday. I didn't really play that well. KH Lee, uh T42. Again, I take that as my fourth and fifth golfer. Yeah, TPC, TPC Lee continues. Seventy five hundred dollar to... price, and you're getting a 40 second. You lock that in <laughs> 70 out of 70 times. Yeah, so I'm gonna continue to go back to him on TPC courses and not really overthink it. Uh, on FanDuel, I had Justin Thomas, who finished fourth. That was great. Again, he just, for whatever reason, people kind of overlooked him. I don't know. Maybe he just wasn't playing as flashy as everybody else was. But I knew he was going to come out and play well. He was he was a little angry. 
Uh, Monty had that tough miscut. Same with Cantlay again. Again, Cantlay missing in both lineups, pretty pretty painful. But tough to win a lot of money when you go three for six in, in both FanDuel and DraftKings. Yeah, and then we'll jump right into bets, which was just 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 painful for me <laughs> because as of about what's would you say twelve thirty or one p.m. Central Time, I was four or five. Yep. And then yeah. about three p.m. Central Time, I was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so I had Tom Kim top 20 plus 155. That one, I cannot tell you how far Tom Kim now is in the uh, the list of do not bets right now behind Brian Harmon. Max Homa top 20 plus 105, finished at 39th. I believe was at six at the turn. Unbelievable. Yep. Scotty Scheffler top 20 minus 130. Woo, we got one. <laughs> Can't lay, missed the cut. And then we had Rom top 10, Tom Kim top 20 parlay at plus 450. At least Rom hit. I mean, it I makes say you got one of those two, but yeah. So we're down three point two units this week. Um, still twelve point zero five units up overall. So not you know, it's gonna happen. We're not perfect. You know, if it, if it was not gambling, then it would just be not a thing. You know, so yeah, no, it it happens. Uh, we both squad rode that Tom Kim top twenty bet, and again, he was in it all week until about Sunday when he decided he was gonna play awful. So that was a tough loss. Uh, I didn't realize this. Taylor Montgomery, I guess, couldn't read these greens, according to a report on Thursday afternoon. Um, I would have loved to have known that, you know, Monday evening when I made the bet for him to be top 20. Uh, But when he tells reporters that he physically cannot tell what is happening on 90% of putts, that's a a quick way to to know you're going to miss out on a top 20. Yeah, and just for the record, again, once I know I'm sure everybody knows, but we record these on Monday at 8 p.m. Central Time. So it's not like we get the advantage of listening to the Tuesday and Wednesday pro-ams and practice rounds and whatnot. We record this pod based on information that is barely available to us. So information like that, and obviously you can't cash out a placement bet unless they're well inside of it. So it's unfortunate. Yep. And then my third one, uh, fortunately, it was the winner, uh, Justin Thomas, top 20 at plus 120. He had a great Sunday. Um, so it kind of worked out well. Uh, I went one for three. I lost 0.8 units. I'm now at negative uh, 5.49. Eh, I'm just kind of slowly coming back to where I was at. You know, I I, I was on a heater for a little bit. I'm, I'm leveling out and now it's time to I'm at I'm at negative five units. It's time to push back to zero and, and get back to the green. Hey, sometimes you might have to do those boring picks to get back there. Yeah. And then for those of you who follow along with my extra bets, I apologize. <laughs> Taylor Montgomery top 40 was remarkable odds. I had to lock that in. I wish we knew that Thursday, but that was a loss. Yep. Tom Kim top 30, which I thought was a surefire lock was a loss. I will blame you for this one. I had Colin Morikawa beating Tony Finau. Originally, it was Tony Finau until a colleague or a colleague of mine named Liam had told me that Tony Finau is four and five on missing cuts here. So I flipped it, which he um, was at the time. And, and well, yeah, now he's four or six. So, yeah, yeah. You know. um, I had Jason Day beating Lucas Herbert, which was, um, I think, like 1.25 or whatever the odds were. So plus 0.75 units. And then Cam Young beating Martin Laird and Ricky Rorinsky. That was a win. Got 0.85 units on that one. So 1.4 units down in the week, 10.5 up overall. And we just started extra bets, what, three, four weeks ago? So yeah, three weeks ago. So we're we're cruising along. Uh, How about winners? How'd your winners do this week? Yeah, polar opposites. So we had Jason Day, who was fifth. And then Alex Norton was a miscut by, I think, a lip out on like the 36 hole. So 
Yeah. Yeah, he was he was right on the number. That's right. That's painful. Yeah, uh, that's a that's a tough one. But that was a nice pick there with J Day for sure. Uh, it was I was a little concerned on how you were going to go with J Day, but it worked out really well for you. Uh, on the other hand, my winners picks I had Tom Kim again. I was very heavily on Tom Kim, so I was just kind of crying uh, on that back nine on Sunday because it was tough scenes out here. Uh, he finished T fiftieth. Uh, my other winners pick was Sam Burns. He finished T sixth. Again, I'm very happy with that. Uh, Sam Burns kind of has a tendency to not be the most consistent golfer of all time. Sometimes he has those just dud weeks when you expect him to do well. Um, so again, tied sixth, I'll, I'm okay using him then in a, in a winner's spot. Absolutely. And we'll jump right into wild cards this week. I had a parlay of Scotty Scheffler and Tom Kim both finished top 10 plus 850. I don't really want to talk about it considering <laughs> Scotty won. And then Alex Noren top 20 was plus 300. Like I said, that missed cut really killed me. So for two on that one. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, it's tough out there. Uh, for me, my two wildcard picks, I had KH Lee top 20 at plus 300. I had Cam Young top 10 at plus 300. Uh, they both made the cut. They both finished outside the top 40. So two losses. You hate to see it, but um, yeah, let's get, let's get through this week. Cause I don't think either of us really loved our, uh, our week as a whole. I don't think yeah. either of us really crushed it. No, not so, not whatsoever, but I think there's really one thing we need to know prior to going into this week. Yeah. Tiger freaking Woods is he's you, back, baby. You get you get 30 seconds on him when he, when we get to his spot on DraftKings. That 30 is 30 seconds, that's it. Man, 30, I am, 30 seconds. Listen, ladies and gentlemen. It's 28 seconds longer than you'd normally last. I saw that. I saw that post come out. <laughs> my entire body started sweating. That adrenal gland was going like nothing else. Oh, man. All right. We are going to get into the Genesis Invitational. Uh, this is a par 71 totaling 7,350 yards. Sorry, uh, this is in California in case anybody wasn't paying attention, but I'm assuming most of you know where the Genesis is played. Uh, last year's winner was Joaquin Neiman. He's not winning it this year because he's currently on live. Minus uh, this- 10,000 odds on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, t- t- take the hit on that one because he's not going back-to-back. Uh, the course always plays longer than listed. Um, it definitely helps the long ball hitters. Short hitters can play well uh, here or can play decent here as well, uh, but they need really good iron play. Uh, this is often referred to as a ball-striking course. The greens are small, so a lot of the times guys don't miss the greens, so you need a little bit of around-the-green air or around-the-green play. Uh, most approach shots will be coming in from 175 yards plus this week. Um, the best players in the field over the past 12 rounds from that range include Siwoo Kim, Tom Hoagie, Brendan Steele, Tommy Fleetwood, Lee Hodges, Tony Finau, Colin Morikawa, and Will Zalatoris. Oh, half those names I was extremely shocked to hear, to be honest. Uh, let me take a wild guess. Tommy Fleetwood, Lee Hodges, Brendan Steele. Lee Hodges and Brandon Steele. I mean, Tommy Fleetwood is a ball striker in That's heaven. True. So he was just the one in the middle between Steele and Hodges that stuck out to me. I was like, whoa, Brandon Steele and Lee Hodges. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's that's the big thing. Again, this is all about ball striking this week. These these fairways are going to be tough for, for golfers to hit. Uh, really only expect them to hit probably 50% of, of fairways. Um, that's generally kind of the rule here. So it's it's going to be a tough week. Nobody's winning this event at you know, 30 under par, it's 
could be anywhere probably between what 10 and 15 under jack is that a safe bet it could be i mean it depends how the weather plays i know especially with those that first tee shot it's going to set a lot of nerves yeah um or either raise them or lower them a lot i know there's obviously 17 holes after that but weather plays a role i would say it it might be a lower scoring event than we're normally used to 19 of the 20 top players in the world are there. So could be elevated. They could might, you know, they might slow down the greens a touch to bring some viewers in. I don't know. I haven't heard anything. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's get right into it then. Right. You want to start at the DraftKings prices? Yeah. So we're doing some DraftKings DFS. I say we loop the 11 and the 10 K category. So John Rahm, 11,100, Scotty, 10, seven, Rory, 10, five, and then JT, 10, one. Who are you? If you were to pick one guy who are your most high on this week, who would it be? Uh, I mean, I, th- I think it, I'm going back to JT. Um, now, again, I love Rom in terms of in terms of his golf game and everything else he's got going on, but the price is high. Um, the eleven thousand one hundred it makes it really tough to get a lineup together with Rom in there, um, especially considering in an event like this, again, we saw what happened last week at Waste Management. A lot of the big names were at the top of the board. So theoretically, you probably want two of them this week to try and get both of them to the top of the board. When you go with Rom, it's not really an easy way to get another guy that, that could be up top without running into some some headaches. Um, I think Justin Thomas, he kind of plays streaky whenever he does this. He'll get into a top 10, and then I'll start just rattling off like three or four top 10s in a row. I could totally see it on a course like this. He's got good history here as well. Um, so I think Justin Thomas is my is my pick of this range based on the pricing. Yeah, I think I'm right there with you. If we just take a look, and again, it's so easy for us to say, oh yeah, Rom's the favorite. And I think everybody would personally say that's you know well-known information. Yeah. What we do on our end is take in the price compared to the value of drafting five other guys. So like what you had said, John Rom might statistically be better than Justin Thomas, but picking Justin Thomas over Rom saves you $1,000 to play for your next five guys. Yeah. So that's what we're really saying here. I think I personally agree it's between JT and Scotty. I mean, if you take a look at the leaderboard last year, Justin Thomas finished sixth. Scotty Scheffler finished tied for seventh. Justin Thomas obviously had a remarkable Sunday carrying in some momentum. And Scotty Scheffler just freaking carried out the trophy last week. Yep. So those are two of the guys that I'm pretty high on this week. Obviously, you can never count Rom or McElroy out. McElroy, I don't know. Again, he finished 32nd. So good on you. That's uh, that's a good showing. Yeah. But if you're going to spend 10500 on a guy, like we did with Patrick Cantley last week, yep. anything outside of a top 20 isn't worth it. So I think I want to see one round from Rory inside the U.S. where he shows a little bit more before I drop that price. Yeah, his putter was a little off last week. Um, so we're I'm going to hold off on Rory just based on that. Again, Scotty is, is – I'm sure he's going to be good. Um, but I don't think he's going back to back, uh, again, he might, he has the opportunity to, and I'm not saying it's not allowed or that it's like illegal. I'm just saying it's a lot harder to do than a guy who, who hadn't been playing well and is now starting to play well, like a JT. Um, so I think in my mind, the order would probably go JT, Rom, Scotty, Rory. Yeah. I'm. You could flip JT and Scotty for me. I mean, Scotty, I don't know if you saw it on Twitter because, you know, I'm a degenerate, but <laughs> literally I think it was like 845 this morning. He was on site doing practice rounds and practice work. So I don't think he's letting these wins anymore. And not to say they were getting to his quote unquote head prior, yeah. but I think he's like, all right, I've been here before. I know what the drill is. I'm locked in and I'm going for history. So 
I think it could go one A or one B, but yeah, I agree with everything pretty much. I also don't hate the concept of just skipping these four guys altogether somehow and getting two of the next like four big guys. Well, then let's jump into it because this is the 9K category starting at Xander Shoffley 9-9 and all the way to Patrick Cantlay at 9. Let me just start off right away. Max Homa is, according to PGA Tour and you know everyone that I talked to, is the number one in terms of the power ranking. He loves California. He's won twice already this year. He looks awesome. My only concern with him is he did have a little bit of a mental case um, yesterday watching his round. If you're a golfer, you understand mentality is everything. So my personal fear this week is that he is fully comprehensive of what he needs to do and might be focusing on a little too much. That's not to say you count him out, baby. That dog is riding at (laughs) 9,700. Yeah, Max Max Homa is going to be a strong one. He's got great course history here. He loves playing in California. Um, he's finished T10th, 1st, T5th, and T37th. He's great around the greens. Um, this course really kind of fits his mold. In terms of one-and-done play, if you want to kind of send it this week, I think Homa is an extremely popular but good pick if you want to go that route. Um, I'm actually not going to go that route just based on the fact that I'm going to go a little lower on the board. But if I was going up in that route, I think Homa would be one of the guys that I got at that top range. Yeah, I would say that Homa might be even up to the 25 to 35% owned in some events this week, just because I think he's extremely high. Another two guys that I'm, excuse me, another two guys that I really like this week, Sung J.M., I think is quietly firing under the radar for his fourth and sixth place finishes the last two weeks. Um, Sony open in Hawaii was his only finish outside the top 20 this year, one and done. And then Colin Morikawa outside of last week. Cause I know it was just hard to watch three, two, six, where his last three events, he finished solo second here or tied for second here last year, best iron player in the world. Well, since Tiger's coming back, I can't, I guess say that, but <laughs> if you're talking about guys from 175 range, he's the guy that I'd want to take that shot. If it was not tiger, of course. So those are the two guys that I think, if not Homa, could give them a run for their money, especially being at that price point. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm big on Colin Morikawa. Let me just say it this week. I'm, I'm huge on him. Um, I took the, uh, the best overall proximity players from 150 yards plus. So I did the 150 to the 175, and then I did uh, 175 plus. And there were two guys that fit in the top ten on both categories. Do you want to take a wild guess on who one of them is? I'm sure you Colin just talk- Yeah, Yes. So the first one is Colin Morikawa. That one's obvious. The second one is actually Will Zalatoris. Now, again, it's a little tough because some of the, I think some of those metrics are skewed prior to his injury uh, based on the fact that it went back 36 rounds. Um, so that might be a little biased. That might be a little bit more tough, but Colin Morikawa is that guy when it comes to ball striking. He is the, he's the guy you want on a course like this. And again, this is a ball strikers course here at uh, Riviera and he's got the history to go with it. Yeah. Uh, another guy I'll mention is Xander Shoffley. Um, he's got the great course history here. T13, T15, T23, T15, and T9. So he's basically stamped in at top 20 at the absolute worst. He played great last week um, outside. Well, I say great last week. It looked like he had like a B-plus game. But even then, he was still finishing in the top 10. Imagine if he puts it all together and he brings his A-plus game this time. I was literally just when, I, when we were doing our little eye contact, I was literally about to go, don't forget Xander Shoffley. So I'm glad you brought him up. 
Uh, another guy that's good with course history is Tony Finau. He's finished T33 second, T51, T15, and T2. Um, so he's got good course history here. Sung JM does struggle a little bit here. He's missed a couple of cuts. Um, so that is the only premise I have on that. But again, it's Sung JM. I'm sure he's going to be okay. Uh, I'm trying to think, was there anybody else? No, we'll get into the AK range. I don't, I don't love Patrick Cantlay. He's kind of on my do not bet list right now. I know he's only missed one cut, but he just doesn't look fully intact. It looks like there's something in his game that's not fully clicking. Yeah, so we can jump right into the AK range, which I love this week. At the bottom, it's Adam Scott, all the way up to Victor Hovland. So let me just start off Victor Hovland real quick. Again, we take a look outside of last week where he kind of struggled. He was in that um, you know top five region. He finished top fourth last year alongside Adam Scott, which was just awesome to see. His previous finishes, 13, 18, and one in the three weeks before the waste management. He's on another level, eight for eight on cuts. I don't understand why he's at this price point. When you take a look at a guy like Patrick Cantlay, for example, um, just horrendously missed the cut in an event that he should have crushed. And then compared to Victor Hovland, who's had dominating performances all this year. So I don't understand it. I also think Cam Young is very, very elevated because this is one of his events that he broke out with last year. A lot of guys were you know, visually on him. 64th last week in another event that he should have crushed. Um, so those are, you know, kind of notes to go for. And then I will let you talk about Adam Scott, because this isn't a week that he will be undervalued to a lot of non-golf fans. Yeah. So uh, when you look at Riviera, a lot of the Australians that come and play on this course often say that Riviera is similar to the courses that you find in Australia. Just look at like a Royal Melbourne. Uh, down in Australia, that's kind of an identical course to how Riviera is played in terms of the style. Um, so a lot of those guys have very, very good conversion, I guess is probably the best wording to describe it, uh, going to Riviera in California. Uh, just know there's, that his course history, uh, you have T4, T38 first, T7, and then T53. Um, I was extremely tempted to put Adam Scott in as a top 20 bet this week. Um, I did not just based on, you know, he didn't fit in with the rest of the grouping that I wanted to do, uh, but he was extremely interesting. We'll just say that for sure. Uh, the other guy I'll mention on this, is, and it's more so of a red flag to keep out for, I just talked about Australians. Uh, Jason Day, uh, he's a wizard with a putter. And Jack, please confirm, is he? Is, he's one top 10 probably in terms of, of his putter. He's pretty elite with it, right? At least this year. I mean, he's killing it. I love to see it. Well, so he struggles with his putter at Riviera. He's oh, played Riviera. Well, that's, a da- that's a downturn from what you were just talking about. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just saying. He struggles with his putter here at Riviera. Um, he's played here seven times. He loses almost a stroke around putting on this course. Um, I don't know why. There's really no easy explanation. Um, and he has not played this course since, since 2020. But for whatever reason, his putter is not good on this course. Now, again, I said I didn't like Tony Finau last week, and he played just fine um, because of his history. So take that into account. Jason Day is technically a different golfer than he was in 2020. Uh, But just he seems to struggle with his putter around here. Yep, 100%. I think there are a couple other guys to look out for. This could be a week, like we talked about last week, where Tom Kim should have dominated. Now their pressure is off of him, much like at the Sony Open, where he went from Century to Sony. Of course, he was bad at. Of course, he should have been good at. Of course, he's bad at. Of course, he should have been good at. Turning in the Sepp Straka effect, which is just not obviously a good thing to be known for. 
could be a watch out. I think he's going to be lesser owned. So if you're taking a look at maybe a flyer opportunity, this is it. Jordan Spieth finally looks like he's coming into form after two missed cuts, or I guess he didn't miss the cut that a pebble, but he was like dead last. Um, Fitzy is always going to be a good pick outside of the AT&T. Hideki, nine for nine on cuts, very probably going to be one of the most underknown or, or excuse me, undervalued players in this category. And then obviously Justin Rose has tremendous course history here as well. Last thing I'll say too uh, about Willie Z. Willie Z plays really good in difficult fields. Uh, when they, when you don't got to go 25 to 30 under, um, there is obviously some concerns about his injuries. Um, but I'm okay. I'm okay. Taking the chance on him this week at 8,700, you know, California course, it's going to be tough, but he's got the ball striking and I just need a good putting week from him. Absolutely. And then we'll jump into, I believe my personal favorite category for a number of reasons this week. 7K starting off at Ricky freaking Fowler. Love to see it. That's my guy. And then you have to scroll down pretty good to Hayden Buckley at 7K. Um, just because I know there's a guy that I get 30 seconds to talk of in this category. I'll just let go. you jump off at it. Oh, you want me to go? All right. No worries. Uh, I'll start with Ricky Fowler. Um, he's kind of being revitalized this year. Oh, I pause, say, I, pause, kind of. pause. I just want it to be known that I want everybody to go take a couple hours out of their day, a couple hours out of their week, go back to listen to every one of our episodes for the last couple weeks where I've been very, very high on Ricky Fowler and someone has not. I, I want that pointed out there. I would like to apologize as I have been waiting patiently to see it happen for multiple weeks in a row. I have now seen it multiple weeks in a row. It, I, Jack can be, can be congratulative because he was ahead of the bell curve. I'm totally okay jumping on in the middle of the bell curve. I don't need to to run the the Ricky Fowler Express when it inevitably goes back into the ground at the end of it all. <gasps> uh, it will inevitably. Love Ricky. Whoa. But, but he's not going to last forever. And I'm okay with, with how he's doing right now. I know I will get canceled for that because everybody loves Ricky. Um, I think he'll be great this week. He's got good course history here. Uh, if you want a guy that really follows the metrics well, Wyndham Clark at 7,800. He's got the uh, the long ball off the tee. It just kind of fits his style. And again, he's a big metric guy. Pause. Another guy that four weeks ago, Jack goes, Wyndham Clark, Wyndham Clark, Wyndham Clark. <laughs> Telling you. It's a different course. That's the that's the reason why <laughs> I'm, I'm so kidding. different on a lot of these. No, guys. I'm just kidding around. I just It's such a pattern with me that three weeks or two weeks before I say, Nick Taylor he yeah. misses a cut when I give him, and then he's second and third and back-to-back events or whatever. It's ridiculous. Uh, the other guy I'll mention is Taylor Moore. He's 7,200. He's great course fit. He has the driving distance. Um, he also has three straight top 15s coming into this event. So at 7,200, he could potentially be your fifth or sixth guy in your lineup, depending on how you run it. Uh, so him at 7,200, I think, is great opportunity you really want to avoid that 6k range i think he's a great staple at the bottom of the lineups yeah 100 i think um a couple guys to look out for siwoo kim is on a freaking tear this year yep incredible ball striker look out for him sahith would be another good option i think a lot of people are disregarding seamus power i mean his worst finish like in the last like 10 weeks has been 25th he is remarkable in terms of his stats Taylor Montgomery is another guy that I will be targeting this week in a lot of DFS plays only because this is the first week that we've seen him in like the last calendar year miss a cut. So you're telling me at 7,600, he can't make a lineup. It's crazy. 
Um, Adam Hadwin is another guy that I really, really like this week. His worst finish in like eight weeks is 44th. So you're telling me, you know, that's perfect right there. Um, I'll skip over my guy for a minute. Tommy Fleetwood, another guy that statistically, particularly those last performances, isn't a guy you're high on. But if you take a look at what you had said five minutes ago about his iron play, him and Hoagie are both in this category. Same with Lucas Herbert. Um, Thomas Dietrich, 10 for 10 on cuts is 7,100. Not really going to be a huge factor in, you know, wind and anything like that. Scott Stallings, another great guy. Kurt Kitayama, iron play, but the time that has come and I get my 30 seconds beginning now. So he hasn't played a PGA tour event since 2020, but hear me out here. All he has to do is make a cut. This is his course. He would not say he's not playing a PGA tour event unless he's fully confident in his ability to get around. Cause I think he knows he's coming to a point where if he's going to play anything, but majors, he wants to be confident or at least a prep course. So this isn't a course that compares to, in my opinion, any of the major tracks will play this year. So I think he's extremely confident in playing in this event. And it's also Tiger freaking Woods. So if anybody counts him out again, after 99% of golfers and analysts and experts counted him out and he came back, you can never doubt this guy. And for once, for once on one of these events that he's coming back on, he's reasonably priced. Yep. Uh, what is he? 7,300. I mean, 7, that's, uh, that's not bad. You can fit him in as your fifth guy and be real happy about that. Yeah. Cause here's the thing. If Tiger Woods was 6,300, he would be 90% owned. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's why you have to put him in that low seven K range. Um, last guy I forgot to mention, if you want another, uh, guy that looks great in the models and the metrics, Patrick Rogers, um, he played really well Sunday at waste management. Um, he's good off the tee. He's, he missed the cut and then T12, T30, T15, T26. Um, so prior to that miscut last year, he rattled off a couple of top thirties in a row. And again, he's coming in with a little bit of form playing well on, on the weekend at waste management. So good at 7,000. All right, Jack. And with that, let's, uh, let's get into the six K range. Who are you liking down here? I actually don't hate a couple people, which I know you just said you want to avoid the six K range, which I totally understand. First guy at the top, 6,900, Adrian Moronk. I was high on him at last year's Masters. Um, he won in November at the Honda Australian Open. He had 10th in the Abu Dhabi Championship. And then last week he was fourth. So he's coming in, you know, obviously like 100th in that hero Dubai. But we're not going to talk about that. If you're at the 6,900 range, it's not the worst option in the world. I like him a lot this week in terms of ball play and distance. Andrew Putnam outside of, Obviously, the last two weeks has been on an absolute tear of making cuts. So if you're taking a look for a guy that at 10 out of 12 times this year has made the cut, it's a good percentage play. Johnny Vegas, after his injury, he's coming back. Since the calendar of January in his last three events, he had one miscut, the Amex, and then two top 25. So I don't hate him. Nick Hardy is obviously just on a cut machine outside of the RSM, but that was back in November. So there's guys in this category that you can find. This might be weak steps, Straka turns around. You never know. Um, Brandon Wu, cut machine in this category. Grayson Sig, another guy. This could be a weak. Randomly, Cameron Champ steps up and gets like a top 15 because of distance play and whatnot. I'm not super high on that. But there's guys in this category. You just have to do a little bit of research and figure it out. Like, for example, distance plays a huge factor. But like, Ches Reevy was like top 10 last year at this event. Yeah, tied for 10th last year. Yep. So 
you have to find a, a gem in there that you might figure out. And, you know, it could be Stuart Sink. It could be Danny Lee, who I like this week. You know, you just got to find your nail on the wall here. All right. Let me, let me get a couple of names in before you start rattling off all my guys. Um, so I'll start it off 6,800 uh, Francesco Molinari. Uh, he's got, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could boom for all your tiger fans. Uh, he's got the elite iron play to go with it. Again, he doesn't have the, the driving distance, but he has the other metrics in order to give himself a chance to play well here. I get it that he's old now at this point, but I still think he's great, especially at the bottom of the liner for 6,800. Uh, Justin, uh, uh, he's cheap because he had a back injury. He had to withdraw from the AT&T, but prior to that, he had made seven straight cuts going back to the CJ Cup in October. Uh, so I'm high on him. Jack mentioned um, Grayson Sig. So he's another good choice at 6,600 if you want to go there. A guy that's not currently in the field but listed as an alternate if you want to get real wild. Uh, Joseph Bramlett. He's got elite driving distance, uh, peaks and ball striking, and the proximity from 200-plus yards. He's just not great around the green, unfortunately. Um, he's currently listed as the second alternate, so he might not even get into the I was field. Say, Davis Riley did withdraw, so it's down to one. So he's down to one, yeah, and then he's got great course history here um, uh, as well. So if, if Joseph Bramlett gets into the lineup somehow, or gets into the field somehow, I am here for it, and he might sneak in as a – as a bottom of the barrel sixth guy. So that way you can get a couple of elite players up top. Absolutely. And then the last guy I thought I'd point out, Adam Shank, outside of like January when he looked like he was switching from righty to lefty, he has a 23rd, a 37th, and a 20th and three straight events. So if you're looking for a guy at 6,400 and you're that deep in this field, he's another guy. And then obviously I'm super biased on this, but Stuart Sink, has looked remarkable the last couple of weeks. Obviously, he's one of my favorite golfers in the world. So there are guys in here that could pop off. Like, for example, and take a look at a guy like Nick Watney. Do you understand that he was in the leaderboard picture for a long time in the beginning of um, last year's model? He finished like top 55. So you never know. You just got to find a guy in this category, make a cut. Yep. It's all, it's all you need. You just need that one guy that makes the cut. So, all right, let's uh, let's run it. Let's do some uh, some lineups, Jack. What are we looking at for DraftKings? Yep. So we are looking at the top Sung J M ninety four hundred. I know he doesn't have the best course history, but he's on a tear. And it's Sung J M. Colin Morikawa ninety three hundred, one of the best iron players in the world, if not the best. Victor Hovland eight K. Stupid pricing. Seamus Power, 7,700. I had to do it one time. It's Tiger freaking Woods, 7,300. And then Thomas Dietrich to round it off. I'd, r- I'd rather you do Tiger Woods here as opposed to the Masters. Let's just keep him out of your Masters lineup. Whoa, so you don't, so you yeah, don't tank, I can't you promise don't tank, that. Yeah, so you don't tank it there. Can't promise uh, that. Um, all right, for my DraftKings, I'm starting at 9,900 with Xander Shoffley. Uh, and then I'm going to Colin Morikawa at 9,300. Then give me Will Zalatoris at 8,700. Give me Adam Scott at 8,000. Give me Taylor Moore at 7,200. And give me Francesco Molinari. I haven't, is he 69 or 68? I think he's 68. Um, I might have mistyped that, but six, Francesco Molinari, 6,800 to round it out. Awesome. And then we'll jump into FanDuel really quickly, which this is a live reaction because we usually have our notes set up, but my lineup is so stupid. I had to do a live reaction here. So 
at the top. John Rahm, 12,200. Okay. Scotty Scheffler, 12,100. Okay. Sung JM, 11,000. Adam Edwin, 9,200. Thomas Dietrich, 8,500. And then Danny Lee, 7K. It is so top heavy. We can't get the seesaw <laughs> off the ground. <laughs> I mean, you were hoping for like first and second and like two other made cuts in that instance. I need those points, baby. <laughs> yeah. That, if that happens, you're, you are vibing. Otherwise you're in trouble. Yeah. Um. All right. For my FanDuel lineup, I'm a little, little different than that. That's for sure. Um. I have Xander Shoffley at 11,700. I have Max Homa at 11,300. I have Colin Morikawa at 11,100. I have Adam Scott at 9,700. Uh, I'm making a change here on the fly. Uh, I'm going to do Taylor Moore at 8,500. And I'm doing Justin Suh at 7,700. I mean, just for the record, his name's Justin Sue, but you get the gist of it. Suh. A Suh, bro. He's Justin a Suh. To me. Uh, brutal <laughs> awesome and then this week we'll jump right into bets yeah so i got like seven bets because i was torn and the odds were actually really really good considering the big names on an elevated field so strap in victor hovland top 20 is plus 175 finished top five here last year so considering the trend he's on those aren't terrible odds for me sung jm top 20 was also plus 175 he's on a tear this week Max Homa top 20 was plus 150. So I don't know how this is lower than the two names above considering the play of the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Justin Thomas top 20 minus 105. Tiger Woods to make the cut. I got it at 158 and 166. I cashed out in the 158 because we're going 166 on this one. Um, I got Rory top 20 minus 135. Scotty Scheffler top 20 minus 135. And Xander Shoffley, top 20 at minus 105. Yikes. All right. So Jack's going six for seven. He's going to do everything except for the Tiger Woods made cut. Nice. (gasps) No, I'm just kidding. I will leave this podcast if you ever say that again. I know. I'm just messing with you. Uh, For my bets, I'm sticking with the three. Uh, We're actually squad riding Max Homa at top 20 at plus 150. Which has done us so well. this. (laughs) I I think we're combined like two or three for maybe 10. Uh, so our, 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 our odds are not always great on that, but again, he's, he's meant to do well on a course like this. Uh, my second one is Will Zalatoris plus 150 over Alex Noren and Taylor Montgomery. And my third bet is Colin Morikawa top 20 at plus 115. Yeah. And it just tells you how much odds change. Um, so for example, I have some other bets going, so. I have Colin Morikawa marked as an extra bet for me at top 20 at plus 165. So it's showing you how much the odds change from when we looked from where we're from when I looked to you look. So even at plus 115, you're telling me the iron category that this guy is in. You can't tell me that's not a good bet still. I, I need to look on DraftKings because I think I looked like an hour ago and he was already in the minuses. Oh my so, goodness. So he's yeah. dropped 65 points and once I bet him. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah so, Colin Morikawa minus one hundred and five. That is a yeah. seventy point decrease. Yep. So he is he is cruising down. Uh, so you got to get him while you still can because I think everybody's realizing that the iron game is just too hot for him not to play well this week. Okay, this is a official statement from Jackson. Um, real quick, Roy McIlroy is now minus one seventy five. Scotty Scheffler is now minus one twenty five. So I will be cashing out my bet and rebetting on that one. There you go. Awesome. Way to, way to do it. All right, and then, let's uh, 
Let's Winter go wild card. Oh, I'm a big wild card, this guy, because I have Tiger freaking Woods in a wild card. I had to do it. He's coming back. I'm high on it. Top 20 plus 450. Is it going to hit? Nah. <laughs> but it's Tiger Woods. So <laughs> what's your, what's your other wild card pick, too, by the way? Not only did you go one crazy, crazy wild card pick, you went two of them. Yeah, next one's Adrian Moronk, top 20 at plus 800. Um, so that's another just, you know, I, I didn't want to go too crazy this week. I went pretty boring. So um, that's one, too. If I were to do like a legit one outside of Tiger, because that was more of a fun, um, I think I would have gone more so for the probably Colin Morikawa's top 10 is plus 270 um, is what I had it locked into. So that's probably the other bet if you were to ask me what like a legit bet would be. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, I'll mark that not, down. I did not go for that, for that route. My, uh, my wildcard picks were a little bit more of what Jack had kind of discussed. Uh, my first one is Ricky Fowler top 20 at plus 225. Um, again, he's top 10 in proximity from 175 to 200. He's got the course fit. He's got the reason, excuse me, the recent form. Uh, my second wildcard pick, I'm going to another one of Jack's guys. Give me Wyndham Clark, top 20 at plus 300. Again, course fit plus course history. He's long off the tee. He, he, he was disqualified last year, but then finished T8 and T17 his previous two years before that. So I'm all aboard Wyndham Clark. Give me another top 20. Love it. And then we'll jump right into winners this week. My first winner's pick, although I would love and probably still will save him for the Masters, Victor Hovland is number one. He's been on just a tear of a form here. And then I had to go with Adam Scott. He's just had tremendous course history and it just, he just looks awesome. So I think distance is not going to be too much of a factor for him this week, considering his proximity and putting stats. So I could see him squeaking out one if he really gets it. Yeah. Adam, Adam Scott's a really, really good pick. Uh, so initially when I looked at this, I wanted Adam Scott as a winner's pick. He was my first guy that came to mind uh, him and actually Jason day before I did any research initially, I said, Jason day and Adam Scott, uh, I have used both of them before, so they were off the table. Um, I went back to the drawing boards and my names I pulled out were Ricky Fowler. Uh, and my second name is Keith Mitchell. Please refer to him by his real name. <laughs> uh, the goat, the Keith goat, Mitchell. The, the goat, AKA Jack's second father, Keith Mitchell, uh, who won him a ton of money last year. Again, more so on Keith Mitchell. I'm kind of going for that long drive. He played well. Um, at waste management for a couple of those days. So I'm hoping he brings it into to the Genesis and we, we, we see a nice round from him. Yeah. For everybody that doesn't know that didn't follow us last year and is new. I think Keith Mitchell, like 27 timed my money on betting him last year. Like yep. it was like a hot, I could not get off of him. And then like the last week of the year, he let me down, but it was a hot streak. I want to say if you look back at Keith Mitchell last year, there was like a streak of nine or 10 weeks in a row where he finished inside the top 40 and he kept making cuts. And I think Jack bet him top 40, like seven or eight of those nine weeks. He was like he was... plus 175 every <laughs> single time. And I was like, all right, I'm going to ride it till it fails. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's Jack's strategy and he's, and he's, and he's sticking to it. So this week I'm, I'm relying on Jack's luck to, to bring Keith Mitchell forward, but uh, it's going to be a wild week. It's going to be fun. We got the Genesis. I'm If I'm going to be completely honest, I'm going to see all of about five minutes of golf this week. I've got a ton of international travel going on. Um, so I'm going to be back Monday, probably around 
12 30 one o'clock in the afternoon i'm gonna have to do a bunch of research and figure out what happened to all the golf world during the genesis but to stay but, on twitter because it's going to be 90 percent tiger yeah. and it's going to be 10 percent. oh and uh by the way scotty's in the lead it's yeah, going to be that i might have to uh i might have to buy some internet on the on a, on a plane so that way i could watch some of the genesis on the computer you know could could, could be a worthwhile investment uh but yeah so i'm going to be a little out of it this week but i know jack's going to be all over it on the socials uh we've been gaining a lot of tiktok following always appreciate that. it uh appreciate you guys tag, tagging us along on that uh follow us on twitter as well but other than that let's just go out there this week and have a good week let's win a bunch of money yep as you guys know additional bets or extra bets will be available on the social medias most likely tomorrow and through wednesday so go ahead and drop us a follow or at least look us up on that one what's our at turn dog golf there we go all right easy does it we'll leave you to it see you guys next week it was just-